This is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode Pathetic attempt at filling up time. Show with the three whitest men in America and Jason. What's up, y'all? He's clean. He ain't white. Cash lose everything around me. I need. I I need to get out of this foul mood. So we got to. We'll get you out of the foul mood. Because I hope so, I'll man. tell you, everything yeah. I read for this week, Marvel, 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 and more Marvel. Really? Yes. So we should yeah. save it then, and I'll just, this will be the Marvel noise that's not coming out next week. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Episode uh, 76 I'm, isn't coming out? Wait, no, it's, well, it's not, it's, it's getting delayed a week. It'll, it'll, I, I have my grandmother's birthday to go to on Sunday, so. Happy birthday, David's grandma. Yay. And welcome to 11 O'Clock Comics. I am Vince B, and I'm sitting here with my ass in the dark. In honor of Earth Day. I got the lights shut off. Earth Day? Earth Day. Yes, I do. Are you wearing pants? Please wear that, pants. That's my business. Oh, that's right. Thank God it's Boy, not is it my business. I so, made yeah. it all your business before, <laughs> before we started. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm not wearing pants. And you're, you're right. Chris Neesman. Yes, I am Chris Neesman. And I am now wearing pants. You're a beautiful man. I don't know about all that. Next. I am uh, David Price. Move it along. Chillax. <laughs> Chillax, B. <laughs> Starbucks. And, and, uh, T'Challa. You're T'Challa. No. No. Call you might boy. as well be Ch- T'Challa, but you're not really. You're, you're, Actually, you're, no. Wood, Wood is more black than T'Challa. <laughs> well, not as, on Exiles. Not as smart, though. No, that's sure. true. Come on. Like, even Batman's not as smart Dude, as T'Challa. Everyone would seem Ooh. smart if you had vibranium to sell to people. <laughs> <laughs> My wife likes the vibranium. Hey now. Hey. hey. Uh, <laughs> no, you're not. You're Jason Wood. Back again. Uh, Here we are. You know what? Up the field. I was saying this on the forum. I am so looking forward to a non-vanity episode. Last, last week was cool, but it's going to be a very, very cold day in Mephisto's realm before we do that again. Uh, Renee wants you to know, Vince, that there are just some things you don't, you, you, you kind of keep to yourself regardless and... Uh, she understands full disclosure and all, but but the whole pain in the bathtub story could have been taken to the grave. Who Renee said that? You, your wife, the Batman lover? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went back and listened to it because I wanted to hear all the the great call ins and, and thanks to everyone out there because there, there were some great call ins. Yes. But, uh, I went back and I definitely uh, I definitely could tell the point where I hit the wall of drunkenness. 
was, <laughs> it was a long episode. And, uh, yep, it's like, oh, okay, yep, there I am drunk. So. Yeah. <laughs> and like we said, we're going to, we're going to get to all of those questions, but not this week. We're just going to take a little breather because that was too intense. So next week we'll start maybe one, who knows, if we have time. But we will get to them. And thank you all for, posting those questions at our forum, which is forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com or 11oclockcomics.com. If you have even the slightest inclination to drop by our forum, do so, because Tom Fowler posted an image, what was it, yesterday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of, really? Yes, of Devil Dinosaur and Moon Boy. Uh, I seriously... Eating I, what? It is so amazingly beautiful i grew another testicle well we're advertising tom fowler listens to this show yes he does yeah he does He's tom cool. fowler gabriel hardman yes they do that's oh, robert <sighs> atkins they now, now but but the, the advertisement from devil dinosaur what were they what were they promoting the omnibus no, no. hostess oh, vampires. Man. Oh, I thought you meant what led to the posting of the oh, image. Oh no, no, the, it's a, it's a pseudo pseudo yes. riff on the hostess ads of 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 long ago, and it's hostess man pies. And I love the little the devil dinosaur. If you look close, he's got his thumb up, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 the conversations that have been going around in that thread, you have like Tom Fowler and Gabriel Hardman talking about doing a, a book of. Um, Dazzler, 1970s style era Dazzler versus like the 1950s Marvel monsters. Oh, that'd be so cool! Nice. <laughs> they're just they're just having fun in this thread. It's awesome. Like, oops, my costume got ripped. I'd buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, here we are Springer. again. By who? Springer and Coletta. <laughs> I'd even buy it if it was done by Springer. That other yeah. guy, I, I I know nothing. I know. Yeah. So what's up, boys? <sighs> I'm just sitting back having a, a, a nice frosty beverage. So uh, yeah, let's uh, get to oh, it. Which reminds me, um, uh, drink roll call tonight. Uh, Vince, why don't you go first? And Might as well. Daz, daz, dazzle us with your new drink selection this week. Oh, what if I could, but I cannot, so I won't. <laughs> I'm drinking Yingling Black and Tan. There you go. All right. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Not sorry for drinking it though. <laughs> I'm having a glass of uh, Pinot Grigio. Was it was it? There you go. White wine. Is that, is that wine? Oh, wine. Little okay. wine. Uh, Mr. Woods. It's fitting. I am drinking <laughs> some, Zing. some harp. Oh, a little harp, huh? All right. Yeah. That's, nice. Uh, you know, harp drinkers. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> actually, no. We're all swinging today. Damn. I'm not. Yeah, I, no, no, I just have some, some Irish buddies that uh, make fun of, of harp. It's like if you're a Guinness drinker, you don't drink harp. Kind of oh bullshit! Tell yeah, him to strap just... one on. I'm, I'm, I drink them both, bitches. All right, all right. Only I'm, one I'm... controls the weather, though. Yeah, that fell flat. Flat as a Logan and Dakin joke. But I am uh, tonight. I am having a Hornsby's hard cider. They're amber draft. So having a little, uh, little hard cider tonight. Very one, cool. of, one of my one of my favorite summer drinks, and it is uh, weird weather here in the Midwest this week. I don't know if you guys have heard we uh, we had um, the threat of snow on Monday, and it did drop down in the I think the high thirties, mid thirties, and Friday it's supposed to be in the um, low to mid eighties. So that's wow. a, fi- a fifty Baffling. degree yeah fifty degree temperature shift in in like four days. 
So see, the harp must be out of alignment or something. That's there what you it go. is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. And you know, speaking of Logan and Dakin, I, I'll use a nice little segue from David. It's not often that we as comic fans get surprised, pleasantly surprised, about the production values of our comics. Usually, we're pretty much resigned to so-so paper at Marvel DC, the regular cover stock. Something flew into my lap today, and I'm sure, I'm sure Chris bought it, but I, I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Viking from Viking. Image. Oh my God, is this thing beautiful? Yep. Have you has it, have any of the other dudes seen it? Um, I ordered it, but I get it next week. It's oversized, so it's not going to fit in your comic boxes, but that's cool. Oh, it goes right on the shelf. It's uh, yeah, uh, beautiful heavy cardstock cover, spot varnished, really. Um, it's, the paper's it's an, thick. Yeah, it's but it's a it's a paper. it's a gorgeous. Yeah, it's like an uncoated um, toothy stock to it. It's uh, the colors on it are um, out of this world. And I think is it is it who did the colors on it? Uh, well, Nick, Nick Klein. Nick Klein, Nick did, Klein did the cover, colors. Yeah, uh, but the thing that got got me was impressive, and not many people know this. Your your average everyday comic buyers when you see spot varnish on a cover they had to make another plate for that that's not yeah. that's not cheap it's like so another the, color what yeah. right they have to run the cover through the press again and instead of color coming out where the the plate is is blocked off just the the varnish comes out so it's like an extra step in the production process it, mm-hmm. it, yep. it's a it's a thing of beauty it's gorgeous and uh it's ivan brandon writing and Nick Nick Klein is doing the art and colors. I haven't read it yet because it just came out today, and I, I wanted to savor it. But the art is unbelievable. It it, ra- it it ranges from just line art with a judicious use of a dot screen, and you've won my heart already. Once you slap that dot screen down, mm-hmm. I, what I, was I, the, what was the cover price on it? Two ninety nine. That's awesome. You can't beat. And you know what? I I noticed uh, right when I I got it I looked at it I said I'm sold I rushed to DCBS to make sure that the second issue was still available I added it to my order I'm not going to miss an issue of this if they all look like this oh my god it's but, it's god. been it's been a weird book from the I don't not even the like the marketing standpoint but there was for some reason and I'm I'm happy for for Ivan and and Nick Klein uh, Ivan's a great guy and that um there was a tremendous amount of buzz about this book and like mm-hmm. an immediate sellout mm-hmm. and it just kind of like came out of nowhere it's I I'm trying to figure out why there was so much pre-release buzz about this it's it's like these are mice because it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but there's a lot of other awesome stuff out there. It's just, it just, it seems like one of those weird things that there's been some, you know, like weird pre-release buzz on this. And I'm trying to figure out where it's been coming from, but I'm happy about it because it's, yeah. it's a beautiful book. And I read it's about a unique half kind of it. Awesome. Yeah, and it's um, um, it's interesting. It's not like Northlanders. Um, uh, the dialogue is. Uh, I'm, I'm still trying to get, you know, kind of like the beats of the story and, and mm-hmm. understand the, um, you know, the, the, where the, the dialect is and that kind of stuff. But no, it was, it, it's cool. I, I've, yeah. I'm about halfway through it. It's, it's a neat book. I was saying about the art. It ranges from line art, your typical inked line art. Then you'll have a panel interrupt, not interrupting the flow, but 
kind of segging in that that looks fully painted and rendered and then it, it'll it'll go back to the line art and then you have some panels even look like he's using some kind of uh i don't want to say conte crayon or or chalk but it, it's very painterly it mm-hmm. it's a it is a gorgeous gorgeous book and i think they're very smart to do this because the comparisons with northlanders are going to be inevitable yeah. You got, you got hmm. two books yeah. on the on the stands with with Vikings, and it, anything that they could do to differentiate themselves from that other title, as far as production values, this book slays Northlanders. There's no comparison. Really interesting. You, oh my God, yeah. But well, I'm not I'm not taking it, into account the story. The story is what it is. But as far as the look and the feel, the smell, oh, the ink smells <laughs> delicious. But as just as as far as the look of this book, this book, if you put them side by side, you'd pick this. There's, yeah, there's, there's no... I mean, North, Northlanders is a uh, Northlanders is a Vertigo book. I mean, it's 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 like you know the other Vertigo books out there. I mean, this is this is something a little different. It's this an is, album. This is a graphic album. Yeah, it's you can see you can see the the European influence in it. Nice, but it's, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm very excited. Can you tell? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, it's not often we get jazz just about the physical. Ness of our comics, but this this is something. This is a a quantum leap. I love it. Good going yeah. image, Ivan Brandon and uh, <laughs> Nick Klein and everyone else associated with this book. I think Ivan's I, got a I, I real good luck. track record, doesn't he? I mean, Cross Bronx was great. Yeah, and he. I, I don't know too much that he's he's worked on at uh, twenty twenty four seven. Right. Talk exactly. about, yeah, yeah. Talk NYC. about something yeah. that stands out from the pack. Yeah, twenty four seven. Yeah. New York City so. Mac. Um, he is. Um, he did a great DC one-shot, The Faces of Evil Cobra, which uh, was probably my favorite Faces of Evil issue that, that, cool. that came out. Uh, it's a great Checkmate story. Uh, he's done. Uh, he's in some. He's done a lot of editing um, on a lot of albums and anthologies and that kind of stuff. So he like edited the. American version of Borderline, which is an Eduardo Rizzo book. So, yeah, Ivan, Ivan's all over the place. Good going, guys. Hey, Daryl, and I want to say thank you to comics in general and and comic book podcasts because you know I had a fucked up day when you know when you work with a bunch of assholes and you just feel like you just strangle somebody and then I look and I see that I have in my possession the Starman Omnibus Volume 2 I have the End League I have Volume 1 Brave and the Bold Volume 3 by um, that was the last of the written book by Mark Wade and Batman Heart of Hush by Paul Dini and Dustin Nagijan. And, I mean, just to be able to sit and read these books, it's just, it's just wonderful. It just helped me to feel better. And The Flash, The Emergency Stop Trade, this was the book written, it was it's the Wally West Flash, and it was written by Mark Millar and drawn by Paul Ryan. And, I mean, when I just felt like I was going to lose my mind and just really say, fuck it, this stuff pulled me from the abyss. So I definitely...
definitely have to say thank you to comics for keeping me sane, even though I sound insane when I call. But that's my thing for this this week. And uh, later. Fuck it. Fuck it. Hey, this is Daryl. You know, there are times when you read a comic and you just read it and you just put it down. It was it was cool. It was fun. Now move on to the next comic. You do that with a trade, too. And then there are times when you read a comic and it fucking blows you away. And I have to say that I just read The End League, Volume 1, Ballad of Big Nothing. It's by Rick Miranda, Rick Remender, Matt Broom, and Sean Parsons. Thanks for part Sean Parsons. And it is some of the best comic book writing I have read in a very long time. I mean, the story, to me, it has so much heart. It blows away currently any teen book I've read at Marvel or DC right now. I mean, I, I, I slept on this book. I mean, I really, you know, I kept saying I would give it a try, and I finally did, and I'm just mad at myself that I didn't support this book. I mean, the character of uh, Brian Terrence, who is the this world's version of Superman, his name is Astonishing Man. I mean, just, it just, the art, the story, the characters, I mean, they're based on, you know, you can see characters that are like Captain America. They have a Captain America type character. They have a Wonder Woman type character. They have a Superman type character, a Batman type character. I mean, you know, people just don't look at that and they pass it over. But still, this story is so, I urge Anyone who is, if you like superhero books, pick up this trade. I know it's going to stop. I think it's stopping at issue nine, and he's going to take a break off of this book. But, Rick, remember, it, I I am sorry that I have doubted your writing because you, you're awesome. I have to give it to you. Uh, all right, I'm, I'm done gushing on that. So, later. Hey, we got we got an email. We get, yeah, we get many voicemails. Not too many emails. They like to they like to speak. But uh, this is from Jordan P. And, and he says, uh, "Hey, Vince. Obviously, it was sent to my email. Love the podcast. I've listened to them all. Just had to write you a quick note to tell you that I went to Stumptown Comics Festival today and met Larry Martyr." I got a copy of the Bean World Holiday Special issue, and he signed it to me. He also had free beans that he had drawn little tiny eyes on. Mm-hmm. I, took, I took two. They're awesome, just awesome. I got the first trade of Action Philosophers, and Ryan Dunlavy signed it and drew a little pic of Plato on the inside. You might not give a shit, but I just had to share. I'm so pumped. Oh, we care. If it's Larry Martyr, I care. Oh, and he yeah. says, uh, take care, Jordan P. So thank you for sending that in. Oh. See, thanks for sharing, Jordan. Stumptown. I wish I could have Bean World to try. Yeah, you, you'll yeah. be doing. You, you'll love it. You will. You're a smart Stump- dude. Stumptown's <laughs> supposed to be a, a nice little, nice little comic fest out in Portland. I've never been. 
Yeah, it's a, it's very very small press oriented, I believe, and uh, um, I always hear very good things about it. So, <clears throat> you know, I think you know, I, I I think that the local guys still show up, though. I mean, like Bendis and Rucka, if they don't uh, if they don't exhibit there, you know, they they show up. So a lot of the the local Portland folks um, support that show. So yeah, hmm. nice, it's good stuff. Yes, Bendis uh, graced me with his tweet presence. He responded to a tweet of mine. No kidding. Yeah, well, I was ripping him a little bit. So. <laughs> no, he he tweeted about. I guess he's taking umbrage with some of the criticisms regarding the uh, the free comic book day. Uh, it just seems to have been a week for everybody wait, to complain. No, because no, I know. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry, David. You go ahead. You go ahead. No, I was just going to say that. I mean, aside from from yeah, people convention about the size of that comic book, but it it seems that. Everybody, and I, I said this on Twitter, everybody seems to channel their inner Gary Groth when when the big two solicits come out. Everybody's always saying, well, why the hell they collect that? Or why is that that price? Or what's with the page? It's like mm-hmm. books that's haven't even bad, come out yet, right. but they're but already That's not bitching. a bad thing if they do it with the intelligence that Gary Roth, Gary Groth brings to the table. If you're just bitching to bitch, then that's what, what, you I'm know, what, a what lot good of. is that? But right. if, you, if you do it, because Gary Groth is a smart man. It hides it well, but you're right. Oh, did, 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 Bendis, did, wow. Bendis, did Bendis write the story that is in, yes. in the Yes, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's an adventure story by yeah. Jim Chung. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is it a reprint? It, no, no, it's no, all new. No, that was his. He said people should stop their bitching because it's Marvel's investing a lot of money in producing an all new content for Free Comic Book Day. Just like last year with Swing Shift. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Which and I just that we didn't know at the time was very important, but right. they faked us out. Of our jocks, for sure. Yeah, and I just responded. I think the complaints were were more from the perspective of it's not as though the retailers are uh, getting it for free. You know, Ben, yeah, ben yeah, was saying he be griped about you know why are people complaining about free comics, and I said, well, they're, I said the I said the LCS they're not free to the LCS owners, so I mean, yeah, they cost them about a quarter quarter, quarter book. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which hey, that's whenever you're giving away several hundred books in a day. That's you know, it's that's an investment. You know, it's, I know I know Mark and and Patrick here. I mean, they they spent a lot of money in between Dark Tower and Challengers on those. So I mean, it's costing somebody something. And they have to know. pay postage on them too, don't they? From from Diamond, don't they pay their usual? I don't, uh, I don't know how it works, yeah, but I, I think yeah. they pay something towards the the delivery. I don't, I don't know. I, I really yeah. like Free Comic Book Day. It's it's yeah, turned into a fun little event. Oh, which um um speaking of. Mark at Dark Tower and Patrick at Challengers. Can I can I let the the fine oh, folks if you if you're in the if you're in the Chicagoland area? Can I let you know what's going on here? If you ask again, we're not going to let you do it. Okay, <laughs> you don't um, have to ask. Next uh, for Free Comic Book Day, which is Saturday, May is it second? I think so. Okay, Saturday, May second. It's the first Saturday in May. So it's, uh, it's a um, about a week from now uh, at Dark Tower Comics, you um, you will have the chance to come in and uh, get your free comic book day uh, merch merchandise and meet Mike Norton, Tim Seeley, Jeffrey Brown, Tony Akins, Sal Abinati, and Chris Burnham will all wow. be there signing. That's a hell of a list. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tony so, Akins, uh, by the way, a lot of fun on your episode last week. Uh, Tony's great. Tony's yeah. Tony's a lot of fun. Even uh, though I I wouldn't have guessed that he 
you or Sal ever read an issue of Fables from the way you guys were you know, talking? You know, well, okay, okay. <laughs> don't here's rip the, on here's, here's the deal on that, is that I read Fables um, through the March of the Wooden Soldiers and then decided I was getting it monthly and decided to go to trades. And mm-hmm. I just, I haven't gotten caught up on trade. Sure. And then... I started reading Jack Fables. I had read the first the first couple traits, but it had been whenever it came out. I said, "Okay, that's another one that I just haven't gotten caught up on." And it's like now I, I just finished the the third Jack of Fables trade, so now I know who the literals are, you know. Yeah. But uh, um, to be fair, Tony isn't even caught up with Fables. <laughs> nice. I'm not. I'm not lying. Yeah, I mean, he he's just like, yeah, I'm st- I, I'm a trade behind, so. Um, yeah, I, I can't fucking read them all, Jason. Yeah, you could try. I'm, I'm not <laughs> caught up on fables either. I, I haven't read to the end of March of the Wooden Soldiers yet. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm way behind. Yeah, that's, that's something I want to take my time with. Um, this is the one that uh, that Vince will um, maybe be a little jealous of on Free Comic Book Day at Challengers. You can come in and meet Eric Larson. Oh no, really? Wow. <laughs> Oh, and, I see. Well, that, I would bring a little votive candle, and I well, would that, light it that, there for that's him. That's going to be uh, if you're an Eric Larson fan. All I'm going to say is uh, listen to Around Comics in a couple weeks. I wonder what that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll call in. I love you. I love you, Eric. I love you. <laughs> call me. So yeah. It, yeah. Why won't you ch- return my calls, man? <laughs> all of our Chicago uh, Chicago land peeps, make sure and hit up uh, Challengers and Dark Tower, and don't just get your free comic books and meet the talent, and then run away. Buy some stuff from those stores because they mm-hmm. do invest in those free comic books. Yeah, true. Good idea. While we're at it, does, is the size of the Marvel free comic book day bothering anybody? Not me. No, does, does anybody care? I don't give a fuck. Yeah, as long as I can read it. I mean, I don't want it to be the size of a stamp. I, I still want to be able to see it and read it. But no, I mean, the size of something like that—that's it's bigger than a digest. It's just smaller than your traditional every other comic book on the shelf size. Yeah, see, I, I, I have kept exactly two free comic book day comics. That's the Astounding Wolfman number one and the Umbrella Academy um, zero issue or whatever it was. The rest nice. of them, I give, I give them away. So even even Swing Shift. The uh, he didn't get swing shifted. He didn't give a shit about Amazing Spider-Man last year. Oh, see how times change. They <laughs> reprinted. They, they, they reprinted that in trade. And they, so yeah, they, oh, they, did they? Yeah, and uh, awesome. th- there was a director's cut, which included some more. They uh, there was some slight tweaking with some word balloons and, and caption boxes to make it more. Because I guess slot was a little little vague in the initial free comic book day version, and uh, and so Wacker and company cleaned a few things up. Hey, don't you, don't you worry. Marvel's going to get theirs out of anything that they put out there. So well, yeah, they're, it's only they're, fitting. Yeah, they're going they're going to get theirs. So, yeah. so I, I'm Marvel, caught up on Amazing Spider-Man while we're at it. Uh, I'm, well, I'm I didn't read totally I didn't read this week's. Up. I didn't read Five Nights. Oh no, I didn't read today's yet. No, but uh, it's good stuff. And oh my God, how how cool, how nice was uh, Eagle Sham's Fantastic Four? Oh, nice. It was delicious. <laughs> yeah, it was re- really well done. I could see him drawing FF for a long time. I, I hope he, he, he does. Is, has it been said how long he's going to be on the book with Hickman? No, just that they're the next oh. creative good. team on it. So that's, that's all we know. Oh, man. His Susie's sweet. Oh, good oh, God. Was... Tight? Just, <laughs> I will say one easy, thing. Nick. Yeah, I know. Whenever you bring up Susie, I get all uh, gushy. His... 
um, Harry Osborn, a little bit too muscular. Yeah, to me. on just the both a, side. Just a little so bit. Yeah, the muscular. Yeah, he but, was. Uh, but maybe, you know, the way I looked at it, maybe that was the way Carly was seeing him because you know he's going to be hitting that zone. She is all over him. Well, Lily, Lily left him, so yeah. yeah that, she's wacko. So, so she's who, nuts. Do you, who do you think, is it is it possible? I mean, that, not that we need to get into the solicits, but yeah, why not? The, the annual solicited for July, mm-hmm. it says there's a wedding because it's someone close to Peter. Do you think that might be Harry and Carly, or do you think that might be... May. You May. think it's May? May and, and Jonah and, Sr. And Jane, yeah. yeah, see? Which which is interesting because then that makes... Uh, well, they're more, they'd be more like stepbrothers, but that makes Jonah and... Uh, that makes Junior and, and Peter cousins. That's by, right. By Wouldn't marriage. it be cool if they <laughs> if they do have the wedding with May and Jonah Sr. and o- Dr. Octopus comes into the oh, picture? God. How cool would that be? With this ring ID web? They have to do it again. <laughs> you, you would hear me squeal all the way in wherever that place in New York you live is. Yeah, bumblefuck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I did not expect the revelation at the end of 591. No, I, I didn't, didn't either. I didn't see it coming at all. But really I did. Cool. I did like the other big surprise in that issue. It was well done. It, it really was. was, and it it even makes me dislike what Bendis has done in Avengers even more with that whole. I know that's right. It's not. It's not canon because it didn't well, happen. You amazing. Say, you know what? Any anything that you don't want to read, just don't think of it as canon. And <laughs> if you wait long enough, it won't matter anyway. I want yeah. their stories to be canon. Well, I'm just thinking. I want it's, to be a, I want Conan it's to just, be it's just Bendis getting his way with certain characters at the expense of Peter. Yeah, it, 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 it didn't really it have to be done. It doesn't exist, right? But the the whole thing with the Fantastic Four, they have always known, which is so it does, doesn't really bother me all that much that now they know Peter is Spider Man because Johnny's been a part of the Spider Man mythos for almost ever. Mm-hmm. So that that that's cool, and and the little caveat that they put on it where reed has set up these psychic blockers that makes sense because he can do stuff like that because he's mr fantastic so it works but having just peter in in new avengers or whatever book it was just flat out when when he's so adamant in amazing that he does not want anyone to know Mm -hmm. and then to go into new avengers and just tell them all including jessica and and luke that's nuts that's just in a way, it's disrespectful to what they're doing in Amazing. And and at least, I mean, we, we have, I, I, I don't know if it's any constellation. He did it in Amazing first. So that doesn't, can, doesn't either nor there. No, I, I know, I know. But at least, so if someone, I, I don't know, may, may, maybe someone could say, well, it, it loosened them up a little bit to make it worth, you know, so, so you know, well, I already did it to the FF, so it's okay. I, I don't, like I said, I'm not. Concentrating yeah. on that part of it is it, those two pages. If, if when they reprint it, they can do without. So, right, but uh, it's it's really not true to the character established in Amazing, where he he is very specific. He he doesn't want people to know because he doesn't want his family in jeopardy, which makes a lot of sense. It does. So it absolutely does. Who's to say a scroll won't do some kind of hoodoo on Jessica again, and then they'll find out? It's not. It's not good. Because Peter's the man. Jessica? Who the heck is Jessica? What's her last name? Jones. Jones. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I don't know. I'm just bitter. I don't know. That's it. <laughs> Jones is the bomb. Yeah. Yeah. I did All like right. Alias. You know, Alias, it's 
that's that's the that is the Bendis that I like. Even if it was his little retrofitting of of the Marvel U with a with a character, but you know, it, that was that was a great series. I and still have to read that. I've it's, never read it's, it's good stuff. Oh, really? You've never read Alias? No. Never read Alias. Really, really good. The, the only yeah. thing I know of the series is the whole anal sex part. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all I know. Just because it was like a wow, the image. I can't get it out of my head. It's like you welcome know. to the Max line. Yeah. Fuck. Well, I mean, but, he really did some pretty cool, innovative, innovative stuff at Marvel um, in the in the early in the early aughts. And, uh, and you know, Alias Alias is one of them, and he brought back Spider Man for a lot of people with Ultimate Spider Man. So I just I think he I think he really has a great grasp of of single character books with an ensemble cast instead well, of Spider Woman's going to be great if it ever comes out. Well, he uh, uh, I'm so fucking sick and tired of hearing about that. It's like you know it's. Uh, Name another series that is like fifteen years in the making. They've been talking about Spider Woman for what five, six years now. Yeah, it seems like it. Seems like it's it. Yeah. coming. And that's that's another thing. Bendis knows Peter so well from the Ultimate book. I mean, he writes him exceptionally well. Peter's real in that book. And then to just go do that, I don't know. I just it just left a bad taste in my mouth. It did, and 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 that bad mouth feel. <laughs> yes. Nice. Webby. Oh, wait, this Webby. is turning into Renee's favorite episode ever. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, she'll be brought up again once Vince starts talking about what he wants to talk about. Oh, I'm so glad my wife doesn't listen to this bullshit. Okay. Oh. I, you know, speaking of that, my wife said to me today, where's that? Where can I listen to that thing you do? And I, and I was like, you can't. You do. There's, there's, no, there's no link. <laughs> there's no link to it. And she's like, oh, no, the people at work want to listen to it. I said, well. Oh, you're asking you, me. Here you can't. I know. Dude, tell me, I know, right? She would kill me. But whatever. You said, All right, what comics. about me? <laughs> Dry, I'm a dried up what? <laughs> What's this with the utility belt? I don't understand it. What about my uh, sauce? Let's. Uh, oh, did, did I'll all... say that right to her face. About the cooking? No, I've yeah, I can get away with that because she did, knows it's true. But anyway, did, did you all um, read Action Comics eight seventy six in the last? Uh, I think it came out. Uh, yeah, it, uh, last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I no. Well, because because I like the Eddie Barrow art, but unfortunately, yeah. Barrows didn't draw the whole book. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Okay. See, I have it right here on the stack, and I didn't get to it yet. It I do like the cover a lot. Andrew Robinson did a great cover. I didn't mind the art change. It didn't. It didn't distract me too. Who else is on? Who else? Is well, on you know, I mean, it was a break in the story. I mean, Barrows did the entire the entire Kryptonian fight, right? Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. There was uh, right when Christopher picks up the uh, right before he goes to, to he keeps Ursa at bay with the Kryptonite blade. That's when uh, that that's oh. when it changes. Yeah, it is very different, isn't it? Yeah. The the other penciler is Sidney Leles. I guess that's how it's pronounced. Leles. Neat name. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. I think it was um um I think it was one of the strongest of uh, the Flamebird and Nightwing issues. In I like Aston. the last page. Yeah. I, I, I it does it does make me want to see what happens in eight seventy seven. I'll give him that. Yeah, it's uh, you know, um I've never seen like Ursa be like hot before. <laughs> you know, it's like usually she's she's kind of like creepy hot, but I mean she's 
she's without the the goggles and the whole uh, the whole get up. She's I mean she's is she, she's, is she taking it? She, does she take it somewhere? Or? No, she's yeah, she's just she's just drawn as uh, drawn as a as a hobby is, without all is, the. Uh, I, I is, think Barrows is very Bennis like. I was going to ask if he, he was, loves to draw women and it shows. If, if yeah, is is he uh, is he a Continuity Studios alumni? Because I see a lot of Adams in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can see I can see that too. Um, I just I thought this was so well written and. Um, Sal and I were talking about it, and he was a he was a big fan of it uh, as well. And just uh, um, a couple of the other people and the iFanboy guys were talking about it, and just how well in one issue you became connected to these new characters that you maybe didn't have that much reason to be connected to. And it's like now I I want to know what happens to these characters, and that happened in basically one issue. So yeah, action action comics continues to be um, a, a pretty a pretty awesome part of the Superman family of books. I know Owen, did you guys read Supergirl today? I can't, no, can't get past the cover, man. <laughs> the covers the covers fantastic. Let me see here. They, uh, that's they have, all the books I don't read. They had the uh, they had the reveal. Uh, why aren't you reading Supergirl? Because he's nuts, man. He's crazy. How many times? Crazy. We have to, how, how many times do we have to suggest it for you, Jason? Dude, like you said, Chris can't read everything, brother. He's, that's right. <laughs> he's, he's letting he's letting you know what happens Same. in fables. Touche. Touche. Yeah. No, I just figured I'd read it all in trade because I never read the Superman stuff, so I figured I'd just keep reading all the stuff in trade. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That is that is a sweet cover, isn't it? Yeah. So they did the reveal. See, I didn't get to that either. <laughs> yeah. The the only thing I read for tonight was uh, X Force fourteen. We'll get to that in a couple couple minutes. But I I didn't even page through the Supergirl. That's I'm behind. Good. Like I said, the cover is woo, big old dupa right on the cover. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they know what sells. <laughs> Well, hello, this is Felipe Mazzaferro, the painter of Light of Thai Continents. And um, I want to say hello to Vincent. And I'm, I'm flattered about the, the compliments. And, well, uh, that's it. Thank you, guys, and see you. Hey, Vince, this is Eric Greencap. I just wanted to let you know that on your recommendation, I, I bought a copy from Felipe. Oh, oh, he's back. Here he is again. Oh, sorry for my bad English, you know. Uh, I, I came from Brazil, and I'm still trying to improve it. So, uh, But, well, thanks, anyway. I think he has perfect English, but we're down here in Orlando at um, whatever, FX show, 2008 or 2009. So I just wanted to give you a call and have you say hi. Thanks. So can we talk about X-Men, X-Force, Cable? Always. In fact, we're ta- Messiah War. Yeah, sure we're talking Chris Messiah Cable. War. Uh, after all, there really hasn't been a bad X-Men story in the last... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Supernovas. Yeah, I know. I know. Sorry, I, know. I, got, I got the ball game on. You guys go ahead. Oh, shit. Nice. So, <laughs> I mean, David Wood, you're going to have to help me along here because I haven't been current on a lot of the X-Books, so I'm, I'm doing this... Um, for my own ex edification as well as that of the, our listeners that don't read them, because uh, I, I have some catching up to do. So if I'm a little bit fuzzy on any of these points, let me know. All right. All right. So Messiah War to date started in X Force 
number 13, which was a prelude, and I'm sure we'll get into that pretty deep. Mm-hmm. Then, then you had the Messiah War one-shot, Cable 13, and today's X-Force 14. So, now here we go. The whole thing started in House of M. Yes, now, when yes. when Wanda Wanda with her no more mutants right. utterance pretty much squashed flatlined the the mutant race for a while. They they didn't think that they would ever see the birth of a mutant powered child again, which mm-hmm. was pretty much squashed with the birth of Hope. Yes, which yes. for our listeners who aren't reading the X books, explain that a bit because I don't know that that might not mean anything to them. Which part, the Wanda part? No, 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 hope. hope. I mean, because you say the birth. Of- well, yeah, I'll get into that. Okay. But okay, so the baby's born in Alaska, and Stryker's uh, purifiers in the pages of X Men. You should see. in in the pages. Was it an X Men? Really? Okay, in, in the pages of X Men, Stryker's purifiers blitz the place, try and take the baby. Uh uh-uh. uh X Men came in. Right, this is part tried of the to, Messiah complex. Right, X Men came in to defend the child or take the child, which was ultimately. And this was a brilliant move on my man Cable's part. Took the child and jumped into the time stream with her to save this baby, who he thinks is going to be the savior and, of the mutant race. Whereas the purifiers and I think the marauders too, right? Aren't the marauders somehow in, in, in invested they, in, in this? And Messiah Complex, they were. It, this was Messiah Complex, which was the whole the birth of hope and and making sure she she stays safe started off in the Messiah Complex one shot and then carried over into X-Men Uncanny, yeah, uh, New X-Men, and... A whole bunch um, of list before it was like... Yeah, that was the X-Men Uncanny, New X-Men, and shit. There was the, there was a fourth... Oh, X-Factor. Right. And, yep. uh, and it, was, so, it was the end of the New X-Men series and then kicked off X-Force. All right. So Cable plans this brilliant retreat into the future with the baby, but he's followed by the tool we all know as Bishop, <laughs> who, in an effort to follow Cable, he plugs Professor X, shoots him, right? Yep, right in the head. And I, I don't know how that. Well, he out. he uh, he was he was I think aiming for Cable and and got Chuck. Well, he but that's the but very yes. it, as far as the Messiah War goes, shooting Professor X is. Lucas's that was a little blip on the radar compared to what he eventually does yes. to get cable. He's I think the guy's absolutely insane. Bishop. So Lucas, yeah, Bishop. Yeah. Well, also Vince, I think it's important to cuz you you mentioned that that cable jumps into the future with hope, but there's a really I think significant um uh synergy there which is that obviously cable is was the, was the baby sent into the future way back in the day? Right. So yeah, it parallels. For not the similar reasons. Like, right. He was sent through the siege par- and then they went through the siege perilous and sort of forgot it. And and there's also um, trails of extinction agenda in this story too. Yeah. So so all right. No, we're getting all all messed up. So <laughs> Luke uh, and and a thing that people should be aware of is Cable can only jump forward. Yes. Within the pages of Cable, his time doohickey got futzed up. And he can only jump forward in time, which Bishop is making full use of that by unleashing weapons of mass destruction to push Cable into areas where he can easily get him, which is nuts. It's insane. Cable uh, Bishop is considering all of humanity expendable for the sake of killing this baby. Right. Mm -hmm. Because he doesn't want his future to come to light. Right. He thinks he's going to go back and fix all this. But I think 
that all this devastation unleashed by Bishop is setting up the state of the planet when strife comes into the picture. Because wasn't humanity reduced to almost nothing when strife was coming into power? I think so. So that could be Bishop doing all that. He yeah. could be he could be establishing the future for for strife. It's nuts. But but the he, thing yeah, that really about got that strife is back. Yes, and strife who is Cable's clone, an inferior clone in my opinion. <laughs> not well, yeah, but not in his. Not in his. No. Uh strife is back and Bishop stumbles upon the dormant body of Apocalypse. And that's how he enlists Strife's aid, by offering Apocalypse up to Strife, because Strife loathes Apocalypse. Yes? Yes. We, we had that whole thing with the Extinction Agenda where supposedly Strife turned hero and helped save the day. Yes. Is that, that's how it went. So Bishop offers Strife, offers Apocalypse up to Strife. Strife helps. But we have another X-Factor, to coin a, use a, a, a term, in the mix, and that's Deadpool. Uh, yeah, Deadpool, baby. Yeah, because of Wade's healing factor, he can't really die. He's got, I guess, a healing factor better than Logan's ever was. And he is in the future tooling around and sides with Strife because basically he has no choice. Mm-hmm. And at the point where this story begins, Scott pulls X-Force out of the time stream at a crucial moment to go help Cable at the baby. I don't know about help, but go to rescue them, but okay. Well, that's help, yeah. So they, they, they are ripped out of this situation where they are seconds away from saving the life of Tabitha Smith, a.k.a. Boom Boom. The, uh, what's her name? The Leper Queen yes. has her, her, Surge, and Hellion all tied up, and the Leper Queen has a death wish for whatever reason. I have no idea why. You'll have to fill me in on that. Well, probably to continue the smear campaign against mutants. Is that it? That's it? I mean, that's really? the most basic, but I mean, uh, that that's probably part of it, but I don't think that's her main motivation. So she puts Tabitha in danger, knowing full well that Wolverine's going to probably separate her head from the rest of her body. And at the very last second, they were about to save Tabitha. Scott takes it upon himself to use the time devices that, they, uh, that X-Force has and catapult them into the future. That's crazy. That's nuts. That's what got me on the forum today or yesterday saying that Scott's acting like a douchebag. There's no reason for doing that. They could have saved Tabitha because when you're dealing with time, if they're going from, just let me finish and you can get it. I am, I am. If you, if you go from point A to point B, their, their, their end point is already predetermined. They know where they're going to go. They could take a hundred years to do whatever they have to do and then be shot into the future. It doesn't matter. But Scott thought they have to go right now. He sends them all out, and as a result of the Leper Queen's actions, Boom Boom is dead, which kind of lays on Scott's shoulders for pulling them out. Everything. Remember, the fact that they're out in San Francisco lays on Scott's shoulders, but go ahead, Jason. Well, I was just going to say, because I didn't read this this 14 yet, so I don't know if it's been established, but um, remember, they only have 32 and a half hours to be in the future. Right. They have 32 and a half hours or whatever the number is in yeah. the future. But right. getting there is is not important. They could I, leave any time. That's where I disagree because, yeah, Scott pushed a button using Hank's information. Hank said, right. we're lucky we found Cable at all 
this time. There's no telling when we'll find him again. So, yeah, I understand the whole you're, you're dealing with time. It doesn't matter when you leave. You're still going to end up there. But what's who's to say that if Cable didn't jump ahead into the future, they wouldn't they wouldn't know where he is again. Mm-hmm. So he has. So Scott's looking at it from the point that we it's now or never. If 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 Cable and the baby jump ahead again, we're going to lose him again. So true. it has yeah. to be done now, and that's why I'm saying it's, that it, it it gives their mission a better chance of success if it's done now. It doesn't. How long would it have taken Wolverine to save Boom Boom? Maybe a couple minutes. They had uh, all the agents dead. I mean, the bloodbath in X Force is unbelievable. I, in in terms of that team, I don't think there's a likable person on that team except for Elixir. Elixir's the <laughs> only likable guy on that team. You have Domino, Warpath, Domino Vanisher. Archangel, but they're all scumbags. They're all bloodthirsty scumbags. What what is the 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 mystique about this team? Why I don't get it. They're, well, they're killers. They're, they're like the dirty dozen though, right? I mean that's the point. They're the they're the they're the only ex people that would be willing to, to kill and do these things. I mean that's the point. They're not supposed to be like old supposed and, to be and, and even early but, on but Logan the carnage is told, unbelievable. Well yeah, but even even early on Logan told Laura, you know, once once you do this there's there's no turning back. If if you want to not go through with this mission, no one's going to think any less of you, and that's fine. But once you take this life, and and there's 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 no going back. And I, at first, I thought James was was there because he wanted to avenge Caliban, and yeah. and uh, and and I even you know I enjoyed his demon bear story, and and I I I think I like Caliban bought it in Messiah complex. complex. See, yeah. see, this this is this is like the f- I. I guess it's maybe three and a half parts of it so far, but it's because it, it started with House of M, which, by the way, just to throw this out there, Renee is in the other room reading that miniseries. She read the first wow. issue earlier. She's reading the second issue now. Conceptual continuity. Oh, I love it. She, um, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this will actually make a Spider-Man story that she likes since Gwen is part of it. Um, <laughs> but that that's my main motivation but i i was telling i was Aim talking high. to her i know i was talking <laughs> to her this morning about us about most of our discussion on the forum about scott being you know quote unquote a douchebag and uh you know trying to give her both sides of of where you're coming from and and she can see where you're coming from vince even without me showing her the forum so right she, you have to admit you love scott summer so much that oh, you tend to but, but i'm but i'm i'm I also wanted to make sure that I wasn't doing it blindly, and I did go right. back well, that's and good. I read, that's I read the thing. issues, and I, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just filling the holes in in my head that that Hank actually said, "We have him, we 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 can see him right, right now. We that's need a to very do important this now. point. You're right, you're right, and I I probably glossed over that when I was reading it because I was so angry. Yeah, absolutely. That, I'm that not saying Scott I'm, would I'm, put yes, this child's I'm, life in danger. How old is Boom Boom now anyway? The, how, about, how about the fact that if it wasn't for no, X just, Factor, I, which, which, which Scott was part of when they found Boom Boom, she wouldn't even be around. So That's true. That's there's, true there, there's a connection there. And I'm not saying that, oh, I love her like a daughter. It's just, no, he, he, this is, this is, I'm not saying it's calculated, but it's cold. It's not the Scott yeah, we're used cold. to seeing, and it's and that's Emma's influence. It's um, no, <laughs> maybe I don't, so. I don't know about that, but it's it's um 
Well, he has gotten harder since he. <laughs> well, the, yeah, I should have. He has that, gotten ever since, colder ever, ever since. Ever since Chuck got the bullet from from Lucas, yeah. and it's it's so right. it's, it's it. You're right. It does start with House of M and the No More Mutants, and then and then you have Endangered Species, where Beast, where Hank goes all over the place, pretty much everywhere but outer space to find a cure for this, and and that's actually touched upon in the latest Uncanny X Men. So you have to, to to reverse this No More Mutants. Oh, okay. That's what Endangered Species was about, which was the backup in the mutant books for for a couple of months. So Endangered Hell, Species, ring up Mephisto. And hey, why not? Why um, not? I mean, if, if he, he can undo a marriage, marriage, yeah. yeah. Um, so you have Endangered Species, and then you have Messiah Complex, which of course is the first known mutant birth, and uh, which I and I thought which was going to be followed up with the birth of uh, Jamie and Teresa's child, the next factor, but. We won't say anything about that. It started a while ago, and and we're and we're leading to this. And it's a big story; it really is. And it has gone over for the course for the course of a couple of years now. Yeah, and I think when all is said and done on the return trip after they help Cable and the baby and do what they got to do, they're going to come back at a point where they can rescue Boom Boom. I think that's what's going to happen. I hope so. I don't like to see crossovers and big events start with the death of a third tier character. It's cheap. And, it's a convention. Yeah, it's very. It is, yeah. and, and yeah. that—that's what happened here. They, the, boom, boom, got shot in the head, and it was very graphic. I'm not a prude either. It's just something about the bloodshed in X Force really gets to me because it's so, it's so wanton. It's so callous. They're just slaughtering people. Like you have Archangel just ripping mm-hmm. shit apart, and because of the apocalypse taint, I understand that maybe he would do that but it's just it, it just seems like it's worse than a peck and paw movie you know it's just nuts but story aside i think this crossover is very unique for one reason you have the artists working on this who are singular forces in both books you have clayton crane in x-force mm. and ariel olivetti in cable i don't think there's ever been a crossover like this where each part has been done by a singular vision that's why this this crossover is different. It has they a a, a uniform. Well, no, not yeah, specifically. But I'm just saying where you have a guy who who is taking care of all of the art right, right. on on his version of it, and that's really important. You don't see that usually. It's mm-hmm. the Marvel way. It's uh, comics by committee, and this seems to be done. It has a very unifying style to it. Sure, I like it, and it, I, I'm I think the story's great. I'm jazzed on it. And I don't read the X books. This thing is is fun, and it could be a lot of it could be because of Deadpool. Because Deadpool is just friggin' hilarious. You know it, my friend. <laughs> yeah. David's, so let's get. Let's I get think Chris's. this episode the theme is going to be yeah about. Uh, uh, let's see how many comics we can all talk about that will alienate at least one of us. Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> then we went to Superman. Now Chris was silent for the last twenty minutes. Let's give a little bit of props. The the one shot, the Messiah War one shot, was done by Choi and Obak. Choi and Obak, yeah. And it is really sweet looking. And the, the nice Choi, and then the the strife files or whatever the hell the files are in the back. Yeah, um, you really get your and it was only three ninety nine, so you're getting your your money's worth for that. But uh, a little bit of a downer. X Force fourteen, which came out today. I love Clayton, Clayton Crane. I I respect the guy's talents. He's a force to be reckoned with. I think it's a little too dark. There's a lot of stuff going on in this issue. I can't make heads or tails. Is, is it the coloring? No, it? it's just it's just dark. It's really dark. Well, they're they're put in a situation where they're being attacked by all these minions of strife, and all these dudes are black. 
Their, their, their uniforms are black. Their weapons look like they're black. So when you have a shitload of black X-Forces, basically black uniforms, the only thing that really stands out is Deadpool because he's red. Yeah. It, somebody's eating chips. Ooh, that? <laughs> <laughs> it's not me. It's onion <laughs> chips or something. Yeah, but I, I'm enjoying it, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm very surprised. Okay. And and the, the Kyle and Yost, they're, they're great writers, and Dwayne's... Swiz, I'm sorry. I always Swierzynski. Swierzynski. He is. He's doing stuff with cable. I just love where that book's going. He. Uh, he's. He's a guy. He's a guy to watch. And I tell you what, Marvel is very, very quietly in the last, in the last couple of years, they've really turned over their their writers. You you look at the guys that they've brought in. Yeah, in, you're right. In Swierzynski, um, Jason Aaron, Rick Remender now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, David, you can probably probably rattle off you know, Abnett and Lanning. Mm-hmm. Um, Fraction. You, Fraction. Yeah, it's, you look in the way, you know, I wonder where the, all the old writers are going because it's these these new guys that are populating uh, Marvel, just kind of, uh, Jeff Parker, uh, they're, they're all over the place and really, really doing some pretty outstanding work. I read, uh, uh, the new Ghost Rider that came out today, mm-hmm. and uh, you guys, you guys probably haven't read it yet. But uh, all I gotta say is, de- demonic truck driver named the Highwayman. It was oh, fucking no. awesome. It was, it it was Jason and Jason Aaron and Tony Moore getting away with shit that I have no idea how the fuck they got <laughs> away with it in a Marvel comic. It really? Is, oh yeah, yeah. It's um. Uh, it, is that a parental advisory book? Um, I need. If to, it's uh, not, it's T plus. It may. If be. it's not, it should be. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, since since Chris threw the name out there, everybody, I know it's not the exact title of the book, but this morning, um, Lee Garbett was talking about getting pages back on the Outsiders because they're being he's being inked by Trevor Scott and talking about how beautiful they look. So anybody on Twitter is going to start talking about an inker. All of a sudden, I'm I'm getting hard. So I, I write back to him and I tell him, "Oh, get out of my head! Out I'm, of my head!" I'm I'm, I'm telling him that uh, that Image. he's gonna. He's gonna make oh. me. Uh, you can't even see it. He's gonna. I says now you're gonna have me check out the outsiders, which I haven't bothered with since since one year later. Scared me away. So it's been good. It's been he's good. he's well. He's they've been on it since issue since since it was renamed. So I guess yeah. Seventeen came out today. Fifteen yeah. and sixteen. I need to get. So I told him I'm gonna have to check it out. But of course, I mean, we know Lee Garbett from the Highwaymen, which was a great miniseries, and he inked himself oh, yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah. And. Uh, and I'm here. And he did a. Uh, I think he did the last. I think he might have done the last rights issue, the first issue following uh, the Tony Daniel R.I.P. issues of Batman. But he did. He did a recent issue of Batman. So now he's doing Outsiders, and he's banged by Trevor Scott. So I, I on Twitter I told him that I was going to have to check it out. So I'm I'm going to be checking out Outsiders again in the very near future. I was yeah. going to. That's the things I wanted to talk about tonight. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, the last few issues of Outsiders. It's, it seems like Outsiders has been a book that they keep rebooting. It's. I mean, I've. It seems like in the last three years they've rebooted, rebooted at least what three times. They never know um, what the fuck to do with that book. Yeah, exactly. but, but it's, it sounds cool, but they never does. know what and, to do with and it. And I keep getting suckered back into it every time they reboot it to think, all right, maybe it'll be cool this time, and then I end up usually dropping it again. This time I did. Uh, I did try it out. Um, it's pretty cool. Basically, the premise is not that. Uh, unfamiliar to uh, it's it's a it's a the cool thing is the 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 group is aside from one member who's Alman 
Um, it's it's the classic Outsiders. Uh, it's mm-hmm. Metamorpho, Halo, uh, um, Black Lightning, Katana, uh, Creeper. Who I don't think so. he's he's, but that it, Creeper's an interesting guy. And then and then Owlman. But the the premise is basically Alfred has been given the task of creating this this the Outsiders because Bruce is dead or you know for quote unquote dead. And uh, Alfred's a total badass in it. He's the boss, and and basically they have the deal is they have to become true outsiders. They have to give up their life. They basically are going to uh, go deep undercover, have no contact with their family, yeah, friends, off, off the grid. Yep, yep. And uh, and I have to say it's uh, it, it for the first two issues of the relaunch, and it's uh, it's entertaining enough that I'm going to keep with it. It uh, the premise is cool. It's very much uh, you know covert ops type of thing, and uh, characterizations have been good. So I'm I'm digging it for now. So I definitely say it's worth they- if you're into that. Uh, they jump started the book again. Well, yeah, because yeah, it was yeah. Batman and the Outsiders, and they know Batman. So, well, right. I mean, no, they they didn't restart it at one, but this is after R.I.P. It's not oh. Batman on the Outsiders because Batman's not around, so right. it's just the Outsiders. But um, Alfred, they kept the is, numbering. Is, yeah, they kept the numbering, and it's just, it's oh, just not God. Batman and the Outsiders. But Alfred is the is the team leader now. Oh, that's it's, cool. That yeah. that's neat. Yeah. He used to be an outsider, so why not? Yeah. I think the last time I really enjoyed Outsiders, Jim Apparel was drawing it. Wow. Yeah, it's a long time. I love the Alan Davis issues, too. Because the one year later stuff, oh, no thanks. No. <laughs> no, that, that's most of the one year, except for like Shadow Pact. I didn't like much of the, of the one Shock. year later. You know, it's... Um, <laughs> are there... What? No, I mean, r- uh, most of the one-year waiter stuff wasn't wasn't really very good. No. Um, uh, talking about uh, how many young writers are over at DC these days? Young? Yeah, wow. it just it just young seems or new? like uh, both. It just it seems like it seems like Marvel has a real youth movement going with their writing right now. I think you're right. Yeah. Well, it you know, depends. I mean, I, you mean new? Because I guess I mean I think guys like McKeever and Troutman and yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Tomasi. I mean, I don't think they're any Matt, older Matt Sturgis, than Matt Sturgis. Yeah, yeah. One. I don't think yeah. they're any older uh, than the guys like Fraction and Remender and 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 those guys. But I think, uh, but but they've been at DC for a few years each of them. So, um, but I agree with you, Chris. I think between the two, it seems like Marvel. Whether it's it's just better PR, it seems like they're they're building up the brand equity of the writers as much as they are the stuff the writers are working on. I don't know if that's intentional or not, whereas I don't know that the young DC guys are having that kind of cred. And I think guys like Sturgis and Tomasi are doing bang-up jobs. Oh, yeah, that are, yeah, they're doing great. But I agree. They don't, I don't know if they have the cachet, at least yet, that, uh, yeah. that the, the young guys at Marvel do. I mean, it just doesn't well, seem I'm, that way. But What I'm seeing Marvel do is that they're, they really seem to be mining um, Image and Vertigo mm-hmm. for for writers and getting them on the right projects at, at Marvel. And, um, I mean, whenever you see, you know, a guy like, like Jason Aaron, who was, you know, doing stuff for vertigo and then, you know, he signs a Marvel exclusive. It's like, it's like, come on guys. He was, he was, he was in your house, you know, you, you had him over for dinner and, and you, you know, you, you couldn't get him to stay. It's, it, it just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's odd. What, what, yeah, I just don't see DC, you know, bringing bringing you know some of the young guys along. It's it's odd. I don't know. It's just it's just um, 
Sal and I were they, the other day. They seem to get <laughs> energized, too, when they go over to Marvel. Because um, Abnett and Lanning were at DC for years with yeah. the Legion. And then they come over to Marvel and revitalize the cosmic stuff. And it's been going gangbusters ever since. But not not to slight their DC work, because Legion was really sharp. Sure. But it just seems like they didn't know what to do with them. Legion has always been a ghettoized property with, with DC. And they, they keep trying to re-energize the title and, and get more new readers on it. And it just uh, never seems to work. Yeah. I, I, it mystifies me, because... Legion of Superheroes, the concept is tailor-made for mainstream comics. You have these superheroes from scattered planets. It just seems like it's a title that superhero readers would gravitate towards. But it, it, the opposite seems to be true. Well, you know, I, it, I, it seems I, to have I, a cult following, and that's it. You know, I, I love Remender's stuff, uh, Image and Dark Horse, and you know, he was doing some DC stuff, doing you know the Atom and a little bit of Booster Gold, and you know, it kind of seemed like he was coming in to you know you know clean up and get get some um, get some projects kind of to their to their conclusion in the, in the case of all new Atom, and then just a couple fill-in issues on Booster, and it was right. like you know, this isn't really the the Rick Remender that I know that does, you know, Fear Agent and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the stuff that I had, you know, become accustomed to his image work. But, man, he's he goes over to Marvel and picks up Punisher, and it's like, wow, okay, that's Rick. That that is yeah. that's that's his stuff. So yeah, I don't know if it's just getting people on the right projects and that kind of stuff. But uh, Marvel seems to be really dialed into the to this new wave of writers. And on the art side, the amount of guys that they're bringing in from from Europe that that kind of seems to be the the plan right now is get these you know good B you know B list or or B publisher writers and then new talent from different parts of the world and that seems to be a lot of the stuff that they're doing um for writing and art so i it it makes for good comics i'll, I'll tell you it's that it's a smart move yeah i'm i'm enjoying everything except for uh except for baldy stuff so <laughs> the the guys the creators seem hungry it's like the first couple of years in a band's existence, they have something to prove, and they're, 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 the, the opening uh, section of their catalog is really strong, and then they get complacent after a while, like, like the old dogs. So I don't know. I, I think it's a, it's a very intelligent way to produce comics. The young guys, are, they're hungry. That's sure. what it is. Yep, bring it on. It's working. Hi, 11 o'clock comics. Um, Templar here. Um, just to say, I got all caught up on Amazing Spider-Man Extra this week for some reason. Um, I had Amazing Spider-Man on my pull list at the uh, LCS, and uh, Extra seemed to have slipped their notice. And um, I thought I was up to date, and lo and behold, there are three issues of it out. So I got caught up on two and three. That is a book I don't mind spending the extra money on. Um, just brilliant, brilliant stories. Bocello's art on the anti-venom, Mr. Negative story. He needs every, He needs to draw him and Ramita Jr. Um, in fact, you know what? Every time anti-venom at the moment has appeared, any time he's appeared, they've he's been drawn by just kick-ass artists. Bocello's art on that was just fantastic. Um, so yeah, Spider-Man Extra. Just don't mind paying the extra money for that at all. Um, really, really enjoyed that. And 
if it wasn't for, I suppose, you guys um, talking about it, I don't know why it didn't click in. And then um, Teenage Wasteland, Mr. Berry, decided to um, have a chat about uh, Spidey Extra, and uh, something clicked in. Why do I not have that? I have missed that. So, um, yeah, thanks, guys. Really enjoying that. And again, do not mind spending the extra money for um, for three, usually three, really, really good stories. And not just fillers, either. They all they fit into continuity. So, Spider-Man Extra, no problem at all. Do you know what? Amazing Spidey, four times a month. Let's just call it a weekly book. Admit it, Marvel. It's a weekly book, really, three times a month. I don't think so. Let's have an extra once a month, all the time. I'll buy it every week. Anyway, I hope you're all well, and uh, love to all the guys on the forums. New Mutant, you have my heart. I'm married. Anyway, that's you know, personal, private, and um, we'll, we'll talk later. Bye! Speaking of hungry... <laughs> want a sandwich? I, I, I have a movie I want to talk about. What? Okay. Yeah, hu- humor me. And it does have a comic book tie-in. Oh, okay. No, it's it's uh, one of my all-time favorite artists is a Japanese man by the name of Yusaku Hanakuma. Okay. He Why is he one of your the, favorites? Oh, he's the progenitor of a style called Hedauma. If you're, ta- you're going to talk manga, I'm I'm out. After the X talk, no, I won't. I won't talk about the. No, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the movie. I'll, I'll talk about the movie. He's he's one of the progenitors of the Hedda Uma style, which means literally bad but good. Think Gary Panter. His art style would be Hedda Uma. It's it's kind of grotesque, kind of seat of the pants, but it's got a beauty to it that overly rendered things don't seem to have it's like a spontaneity a life to it so this guy is chief of the head uma style and he's won tons of awards they adapted one of his works called tokyo zombie mm-hmm. and and i found the movie at walmart of all places for <laughs> 10 bucks it's well, unbelievable it's be good. It, no it's fan well see you have to take my movie recommendations with a grain of salt because like my art I like my films a little bit off the beaten path, a little different. This movie's very different. It's a, it's a zombie movie, obviously, Tokyo Zombie. These two gentlemen work at a fire extinguisher plant in Japan. Pretty simple setup, right? Mm-hmm. They also have a penchant for jujitsu. They practice jujitsu on their lunch hour. Well, the boss comes in and kind of scolds them for not working they're 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 practicing martial arts and berates one of the one of the men to the point where he slaps him around a little bit and his friend doesn't uh sees that as a loss of face in the man so he clubs the boss over the head with a fire extinguisher and kills him luckily enough there is a garbage dump next to the plant that is literally called Black Fuji. It's a mountain of garbage and a colossal mountain of just toxic waste, discarded human remains, industrial cast-offs that the citizens will go to. Say you're in the mob and, and you have a hit. You dump the body here. It's just a, a, a repository for all the disgusting things produced by society. So they dump the boss's body in this Black Fuji mountain of garbage and as it would happen the guy comes back to life uh oh yes and all the discarded human remains come back to life it's nuts 
it, it it's a it's a a very crazy it's obviously played for laughs if if you know hanakuma and his two characters that appear in a lot of his works they um they're bumblers one has an afro the other one's bald and he's an older dude well anyway it's part uh dawn of the dead and then there's a part in there's a section of the movie where everything changes and it becomes more like if you've seen romero's land of the dead where the rich segregate themselves above humanity in this high rise that's kind of what happens the 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 survivors of tokyo who have somehow escaped the devastation manage to build this pyramid above all of the zombies and they live there and they hold these contests where human beings will fight zombies in an arena and the rich people bet on it and they they live it up and everything so our 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 hero of the piece learned jujitsu from his buddy who unfortunately meets an untimely end but there's a little twist to it so it's it's pretty cool but it, uh i i i love zombie movies so it wasn't a hard sell for me i love japanese movies if if you're looking for something off the beaten path and you want to see a, a funny zombie movie, check this out because it's 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 damn good. I won't bore you guys because <laughs> I know I'm I'm asking a lot from you. It's awesome. I will say that it's awesome. There's a part in there where there's a flashback to the character's name is Fujio, not in the original manga, but in the movie his name is Fujio. He was kind of sexually abused by his teacher as a kid, and the, he finds the teacher at the garbage dump dumping the body of a boy who he had sexually molested wonderful so so he beats the shit out of him with a with a shovel thinking he's dead they leave the teacher wasn't dead and they, when, when they when they leave him there they take his pants off because the guy's a pedophile especially he he has a penchant for little boys he's a pedophile for 10 bucks at walmart god yes so he he wakes up in this mound of garbage pantsless and the teacher doesn't know what's going on, and all of a sudden the zombie doesn't know it's a zombie pops up from 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 the 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 detritus, and the shot is is perfectly framed. You have the teacher, and his legs are spread, and the zombie's head pops up right between his legs, and it's a woman, and he's and and he said to the woman, well, "I don't usually go for women, but you know if you want to suck on it, go ahead." And you can guess you can guess what happens. Chomp! <laughs> it's. It's funny as hell. It's a, it's a cool little movie. Tokyo Zombie. Ten bucks at Walmart. All right. So let's talk some comics. <laughs> but this is comics. It's manga. It manga or no, comics? No, you said it was comics. Oh, I was like, uh... Hanakuma. So, Hanakuma so, so instead of having a, what a, a fanzine flashback every week, now we're going to have Vince's crazy Japanese movie segment? <laughs> oh, I, I wish. If you guys will allow it, I'll do it. We're two of the last three. Uh, and that's only because nobody asked any questions about it. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> so let's talk yeah, about I'd still comic. be I'd still be talking about it if you guys asked me questions. Who else read the uh, relaunch of Warlord? Decap not oh, yet. Not oh, it's out. Not me. It came out. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh damn! Really? Mm-hmm. Well, there, yeah. there's your answer. No, I didn't, but I will. Did it come out today? No, no, last week. Last week, I believe. Son mm-hmm. of a. How did I miss? Mike that? Rell's a hard sell for me. Oh really? really? Yeah. How, why is Mike well, a hard sell for you? So you, you weren't a fan like, of um, the original Warlord? You don't like you don't like awesome. Oh, um, <laughs> wow! His his art style doesn't connect with me. So pedophile Japanese flat. manga. That's, with, that speaks to Vince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was right. gonna say your your taste is questionable. Manga hunters. The last thing I read it for the story, not the art. 
Yeah, I was just going to say, well, aside from the Longbow Hunters, John Sable Freelance, I think, was the last thing I really, really enjoyed from Grell. Mm-hmm. The dude put a corset on Cosmic Boy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I don't, I'm not feeling it. Okay. It's, it's Fair enough. To each his own. He's, he's talented, but uh, I just. Nah. He doesn't. Tra- he writes this. He doesn't. Uh, he does not. And troll. does the covers? Right. Doesn't he? Or does? Yeah, he, he does, does the covers. covers. Is it still uh, Travis Morgan? No. Travis? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, so, right. This takes place. Uh, it's not a. I guess some people thought it would be a reboot. It's not a reboot. It. It kind of. I guess picks up where the last one left off. Um, where we're introduced to a character which you, at least I thought was uh, a modern day analog of Travis. But actually, it's basically now it's modern times and another guy that's an adventurer and th- that's a, a very akin to how Travis was also ends up in uh, in uh, the the you know the underground world. What the hell's the name of it? I can't. That's Scartaris. Yeah, Scartaris, right? And and it turns out though that he is in fact probably he's going to be the antagonist. And then about halfway through the first issue, you're reintroduced to Travis and his 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 ladies and and his in his kingdom. Um, so it's sort of like what would happen if if the warlord if another guy came that was evil and had even better weaponry and and uh, and Travis has to deal with it. So um, the, the art was uh, it didn't at least to me to my eyes it didn't look all that dissimilar to Grell's artwork. So. Um, I guess for people that were big fans of the original series, which which I didn't read, so because um, and it's not really been collected yet. Um, it it uh, you know it's been getting fairly high praise, uh, you know, from people that are big Grell fans, uh, Grell artwork fans. Um, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, it was it was a very good first issue. It 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 set the background. It 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 introduced all the key characters, and it had a nice cliffhanger, making me want to come back. So um, hmm. I'll definitely keep trying it out for this uh, at least for a while. Um, I think there is a showcase coming out with the yeah Marvel. yeah there is I think it was what it was it was I think mentioned that they're going to be soliciting it it hasn't been solicited yet though uh, and uh, I will say that uh, for the fans of the uh, of the hotties this definitely has the hotties you know these are scantily clad uh, women in in uh, in loincloths which uh, you, you can't really go wrong there so well that would be in keeping with Mike Rell's warlord because there was a lot of skin in that too yeah 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 Back yeah exactly there. so. Uh, but no, was, I yeah. So give it a, give it a whirl if you if you're into if you have any nostalgia for the old warlord, give it a, give it a try for sure. I'm glad you, uh, you reminded me because I I didn't know I thought it was coming out this month. I had, I had missed it. So I aim to please, buddy. <laughs> Jason's got my back. Well, let's talk about he's a book that he's I no Bart Sears, that's for sure. Vincent's <laughs> hilarious. How about the new Exiles? Talk about another series that gets relaunched quite a bit. This was the first Exiles issue I ever read. Really? No kidding. Yes. yes. Really? Wow. No lie, buddies. Yeah. It, now, I've never read an issue why. of Exiles. Why? Is it you did like Winnick at the beginning, and then no, like- no, no. It had nothing to do with the creators or Austin or or uh, or Winnick or the McCone or anybody who was who was working on on the book. Um, I don't know if it was I. I knew Blink. I was I was kind of around for Age of Apocalypse. <laughs> I, I I I enjoyed the whole uh, the whole relaunching for the four months or the re- rebranding for the four months and and uh, so I knew who, where Blink came from and and uh, I like the idea of the alternate realities, but I think I just always felt that there was never a good jumping on point for me, and it was something that because I heard so many good things about it, I wanted to read it from the beginning and, and mm-hmm. an opportunity just never arose. So I just, I, 
I never did. That, that's surprising only because I know you're a fan of the what ifs, and this yeah. is to me really, you know, this is the um, the uh, spiritual successor to to the what ifs. You know, um, very true. I, I've that, read it. Wasn't wasn't Iron Man like 2020 in it? Or or because I don't want to say it didn't. Because um, Guardians of the Galaxy was also kind of that way with the whole alternate future kind of thing, but the. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you're right. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, Machine Man. I remember. I, I enjoyed that many series and 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 Exiles with the whole jumping around from planet to planet or, or universe to universe. I you, you're absolutely right. That that's something I would always sign up for. I, I said I just never happened. Pelletier's issues are the bomb. I believe it. Oh man, are they sweet? But let's hear about the new series. I'm interested. Well, you've read it because it's... no, I haven't. No, I'm waiting for the trade on that one. Thread that because. I think Dave Bullock's covers are the shit. Yeah. The covers are fantastic. And and that's what I said. I wished that Dave Bullock was doing the interiors as well because I really dig his style. Do you not like Salvador Espin? No, I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. But like I said, I'm just going to wait for the trade. Yeah, but yeah. Bullock, Bullock has that. It's part Cameron Stewart, part gorgeous Dave Bullock artwork. It's it's brilliant. And, and I was immediately attracted to the book just based on the covers. Sure, sure. I will give I will give Bullock a a, a major shout out because he is great. His action and Superman covers. Have you ever seen those? Fantastic. Yeah, work. yeah, yeah. Oh God, get him on a regular title. <laughs> well, yes. So this is a relaunch, I think, which was uh, necessary because uh, after a really really nice long run, they decided it was time to give Claremont another book, and so they gave him <laughs> this book and. Uh, he they relaunched it. He he took and over nobody, the old series. nobody knows convoluted X continuity yeah. better than Chris Claremont. So. And it was it sort wasn't of, even convoluted though. It was just yeah. yeah. It was bizarre. I think you talked yeah. about it a, few, a while ago, Vince, when you read caught up on it uh, on the. So we don't have to rehash. But yeah, it was they they he took over the old series for some reason. They relaunched it as new Exiles with him, and it lasted for not too long. What a little over a year, I guess. Um, yeah. So this is Tim Seeley did a couple too. Yes, he did. He did the last few issues. Yeah. This is thank, and I actually had Tim Seeley draw me a kick-ass blink uh, at uh, at the New York Comic Con, uh, and and Ryan Stegman as well. I'm a, I'm a big Blink fan, as David alluded. I, I love Blink. Uh, she's one of my favorite female characters. I thought she was great in Age of Apocalypse, and she's for much of the series been the central figure for a while there. They she was gone, but but she she was in the beginning for a long run, and now she's back. Um, but yeah, this basically is 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 pretty much a, in a lot of ways just a reboot of the original concept. Um, you're you're it, it's it's a bunch of characters that are somewhat familiar, uh, but they're from parallel Earths, so there there are little differences. Um, like there's the Black Panther, but he's known as the Panther, and they they lead you to believe that it might even be a white guy under the mask. Uh, there's a Polaris who seems pretty much like our Polaris, but I presume there's probably something different about her. There's a Forge. There's a Blink that seems very much like the Blink from the Age of Apocalypse, but again, she is from a different Earth, so I don't know what's different about her yet. There's a Scarlet Witch, and uh, and then there's a Beast, and it's a uh, it's a cat-like Beast, but he seems you know to be like Hank in that he's uh, you know smart and well-spoken and stuff. And basically, the premise is these guys are all brought together because they were right about to die on their Earths, and uh, so rather than die, they were pulled out of the time stream and given a job as exiles, and their job is to basically go to different uh, parallel Earths and fix something that uh, has it's otherwise... like Quantum Leap. Yeah, it's totally like Quantum Leap, exactly. Uh, and it's written by Jeff Parker, so I have a lot of faith Yay. in that. Jeff oh, Parker. Yeah. 
can do very little wrong in my book. Um, so the first issue, <laughs> excuse me, was uh, was was great. I mean, it just it was basically like a reboot. You know, they introduced to the characters, they start their first mission, and uh, and we go from there. But uh, but if you're at all into Elseworlds or uh, what ifs and uh, and the like, this is definitely a series worth checking out. They, they're a bit leery. They, they, they. Yeah. Now she doesn't. She's not known as Scarlet Witch. She's just going by Witch. Correct. And yeah. um, uh, and 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 it's kind of neat because we do know that Polaris and Wanda are daughters of Magneto. So, mm-hmm. so you have like half siblings on on half sisters on the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing that troubles me a little bit hearing the synopsis of this. Okay. No saber tooth, really. I mean that that was the the well not yet it, this is right well, uh, but that was one of the best original for a long time either in fact he was the leader of an evil group of exiles and then so I, that's that's not really unusual right but the relationship between Blink and Sabretooth that has formed right. over the many years Blinks, from exiles yeah that was the that was the the center of the book for me that was the the anchor that kept me reading that all the time sure. and then what what I got out of the last. Exile series, which even enhanced Sabretooth, was the Sabretooth Psylocke connection. Where that, that, well, he's a killer, but uh, Age of Apocalypse Sabretooth, that gruff exterior was kind of like melted by Psylocke, really. So that was kind of cool. It's a soap opera. Yes. But, uh, I, yeah, I, I hope that they do. Parker seems to, I hope he does throw Sabretooth into the mix soon because. Well, the yeah, last I the, think exiles. I think Sabretooth. The last page does have uh, amongst a bunch of other mutants Sabretooth. So it, th- this could be his introduction yeah, yeah. to the team. So yeah, well, I'm sold automatically. I'll get the trade when it comes out. Yeah, just to get those sweet bullet covers. Mm. But it was it was it was well uh, well written, well illustrated. I, I enjoyed it a, a lot. It's, it's a nice setup. It was a great first issue. You know, you got you understood who everybody had. Everybody was given a page as far as who they were and and being yanked out from from certain death and uh, and once the team was together then uh, then morph pops in and uh, and and gives them a rundown and it was it, it was it was a great launching point seriously it doesn't have the um, the jewelry in it I don't it like does. the old exit the talus oh it does yeah no, that's what I'm saying it's pretty much a reboot they they're introduced they're they're their uh, morph shows up, but it's a projection of morph, and he tells them he tells them he's a time broker, uh, and he morphs into the the more familiar looking version of the time broker. He explains what they have to do, and he gives them a talus who Blink wears, uh, and they go from there. So it's it's pretty much oh. like a reboot. So if you've never yeah, read Exile before, this is a perfect jumping on point because it basically Excellent. starts you over. You don't need to have the history, but I think uh, Parker, as he's as he's good at doing, if for those that are familiar with the past, I have a feeling they'll be. Uh, a little extra layer of satisfaction, you know. Uh, so it's very cool. We have to like talk about something because he's well. Whatever. Shall so, so, so I shall so I continue the X theme? Do it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But I, I actually found a book with characters from the the X verse that I enjoy. X Factor. Okay. No, no, Guardians of the Galaxy. Love the new Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else could give a shit about in the but Havoc. Havoc for like the first time since Neil Adams drew him is mm-hmm. interesting to me. Nice as the, new as Star the, Jammers. Yeah, the, the, yeah well, the Havoc's been the yeah he's been the leader of the Star Jammers since his dad died. Yeah, right. so it's it's a what Havoc, um, Laris, Chad, um Rachel, um, Raza, 
Orbis. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like all of the X Men that they kind of didn't know what to do with in you know I guess since they decided to move out to San Francisco or or whatever they're doing. So yeah, it's 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 some great old. X-Men characters that never really fit in with the core group and so send them out to space and now they're involved in the War of the Kings and and uh, and are the Starjammers. And this, uh, but, this, last, this last issue of Guardians was fantastic. I, I do believe the these X-Men have been in space since Brubaker started working on yeah. Uncanny. Cause, yeah. uh, cause, so this was even before they moved out, out west, but yeah, because it was... Uh, I, I didn't read Uncanny when Brubaker started on it, but it was. Um, it was all the I know, I know Havoc and right, exactly. So I mean, yeah, the that's first where it was all with the uh, space opera, right? Mm-hmm. Well, isn't Rachel tied to that one? Corvus. Um, yes, Corvus. Well, Corvus Are they has a, couple? a sword. Yeah, the Corvus has a sword that's powered by the Phoenix Force, right? Uh, and he's got. T- he's 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 a. Um, He's part of a sect that worships the Phoenix Force. It's like their religion. So he's real close to it. And so obviously he was very attracted to Rachel because she has the Phoenix Force in her. Uh, and for a while they were they were on again, off again because of uh, you know they were doing the whole. Well, are we only attracted to each other because the Phoenix Force? Or, but they, yeah, they are a couple. And uh, and uh, it's been great. Uh, I, I agree. You know, I don't know if, if you if you enjoyed that. Uh, the Starjammer stuff, Chris. I would recommend, and it just wrapped up, so the trade is probably coming out soon. Um, uh, X Men Kingbreaker, okay. which was a four issue mini that just wrapped oh, up, and it's it's sort of a prelude to the War of Kings, which yeah. I know you're reading. Uh, four, and four, it's, uh, four four issue X Men mini series are like uh, um, fucking garlic to a vampire with me. <laughs> no, I understand, which is why I figured you didn't read it. And, and believe me, I, I've been skipping a lot of mini series as well because uh, I think they're superfluous. But in this case, I gave it a try because I do like the X Men and I do like the Star Jammers. And, and uh, David, you can chime in if you agree. But I thought that this one actually was was really good. I thought it, it and it really does uh, play a role in setting up War of Kings, which I think you're reading. So, um, so I, it's 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 one of the it's yeah, a mini series. If, if it, if it's more about the uh, the Starjammer team, then yeah, I may I may. But it's probably well, that's four all issues. it's about. It's about the Starjammers versus Vulcan and the um, Imperial Guard. And it's only it's four. It was four issues. Yeah. Do you know what the trade goes for? I I think the last issue came out two weeks ago, so I don't know that the tra- I don't oh, okay. I I, didn't, okay. I wouldn't have noticed the solicitation because I was getting the issues, but I would assume because Marvel's so quick about that stuff, it may have already been solicited or not. I don't know. I, mean, I think it's really smart of the writers too to tie the members of the Starjammers to other X groups. Like, isn't Hepzibah tied to X Force? She's in San Francisco right now. Yeah, she bangs yeah. out uh, Warpath when he's not out killing people. X-Men. Yeah, right. that's that's just that's just plain smart. Oh, who's the the big wizard dude? Chaad. Chaad. Um, yeah. As we find out, uh, uh, mild spoiler for this week's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, we find out that Chaad and uh, and Rocket Raccoon are old are old buddies. They used to like <laughs> cool. They, yeah, they they used to uh, they used to run grifts together. I guess that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is. I love awesome. it. Oh, it's great. You know, whenever I see Corvus, <laughs> I'm sorry, Vince. I think Dragon Ball Z for some reason. The guy just screams Dragon Ball Z. Have you ever seen Dragon Ball Z? No? Yes. Yes. Doesn't don't you get the kind of air of Dragon I, Ball Z from just the way he looks? Move you to Japan. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just love himself in Japan. Ah, forget it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm being really snarly tonight. That's uh, all right. No, That's why we love you. You're wearing the David hat tonight. I must be. I must be. That's a big hat. It is, you know. <laughs> well, because I wear it down there sometimes, too. Um, the... Wow. 
the uh it's two uh, <laughs> hey oprah this skip hey i was watching this movie this julia louis roberts movie on tnt and uh she was she couldn't find her man she kept leaving her man at the altar until uh she uh this reporter guy played by, he's in that Hooker movie with her. Anyway, they were there, and he, she asked him, she, he asked her what, what kind of, how she liked her eggs, and got to looking about it, and turned out that she always said she liked her eggs the way her man liked her eggs, and she never could express herself through her own eggs, and couldn't be her own person, and so that, uh, that old, whatever his name is, uh, you know, one that has a hamster stuck up his butt. Uh, anyways, they end up, with a spoiler alert here, Oprah, they end up hooking up, and uh, and she ends up figuring out how she likes her eggs. And that got me to wondering, how you like your eggs fixed, Oprah? I, I, if I had to guess, I guess you like them kind of fancy, like maybe post or... Florentine, or I don't know, but you're so sophisticated. I I know it's something special. But I just that's all I wanted. Love you, bye. Okay, I I have two. Um, Bring it. One one was talked about on Around Comics, so it was already it was already done by someone better than I. But it was it was something that it's okay. I didn't hear it. Though. I was oh <laughs> nah. But it, 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 the, the art ah. reminded me, I don't know how much of it being, Ignition City number one. Ah, yes. I, oh, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I really loved it as a first issue. Um, I, I, you know, from, from, uh, from Warren Ellis Press. It was, it was a nice, um, I like the art. It reminded me of Rocco Vargas. A lot of it reminded I thought, me. I thought the art, I thought the art got better as the issue went along as well. I agree with that. I definitely do agree with that. It's I'm I'm, I'm interested. Don't spoil because no, I'm, I have that. Clip. I'm not. I'm interested to see where where this. Uh, I mean, I, I it's not like oh, okay. Well, this 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 first issue didn't tell me anything. It was, it was a good setup because I, I want to find out more about about this girl and about this woman and her dad. And uh, th- there's a letter that you find out that she wrote to her mother. And and I mean, it, it's not. I'm not going to say much about the issue i just it, it was something i i do agree with with what sal was saying on on around comics and and i do i do like the issue it's um if if you read other things from warren ellis it's nothing like no hero it's nothing like black summer it's a completely different type of comic book and uh that's good yeah what did sal what did sal say about ignition city that was my pick did was it? I'm sorry. <laughs> God damn it! I, I no, I'm so sorry. no. I, I I just had to point it out because we're notorious for pulling that on you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, there was nothing intentional there. Um, no, I just I I'll wait for you to read it, Vince. But I, I did, who else? You read it, Jason? Yes, I did. What'd you think? How'd you how'd you like it? Uh, I liked it quite a bit. Cool. Uh, Good. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't uh, this. I have faith in Warren Ellis, so I. I think the first issue set up a lot of intriguing questions. It, it left me with a ton of questions, and uh, yeah, it, it took it took an inter- interesting little twist where I thought it was going to be a uh, a very big world story of what was going on, you know, and and really explaining this much larger um, 
uh, world, and then he just kind of turned it on its head, and then you get kind of dropped into this, um, you know, Mad Max barter town type world, and it just, it was, it ended up, it ended up not being what I thought it was going to be in the first um, five or ten pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me uh, I, I love the artwork. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know if he's done anything else with Avatar because I don't, I haven't read much Avatar, but Gianluca Pagliarani, I guess is his name. Um, it is. Yeah, there. that's close. Uh, is that not it? Right? Yeah, no, that's that's. I'm looking on my I'm looking on my mm-hmm. shelf here. It's not the guy that did Etheric Mechanics, um, is it? Ah, where is it? Oh, stupid little prestige books. Ah, whatever. No, I I, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was a good um, a good introductory issue. Most of the stuff that Ellis does at at Avatar is pretty pretty good. You know, it's, I thought um, that the. Uh... I actually thought Steve Bryant would get a kick out of this. I don't know if he's reading it, but uh, you know the uh, the uh, protagonist. She's she she's dressed, you know, in that kind of that aviator. She is an aviator, but she she's, she's got an that aviatrix. Sure, yeah, aviatrix. But uh, but there was a, I, I got a little Athena Voltaire vibe, like if Athena Voltaire meets steampunk, you know, kind of vibe <laughs> from it. Cool. Yeah. You yeah. know, while you guys are on the subject of Avatar, we have a very special voicemail this week from Felipe Massafera. Yes, we do. Isn't that awesome? That was uh, great. That was great. Thanks to Mr. Greencap, who was uh, nice enough to record it for us and send it to us. Could you tell me who that is? I don't the painter know. of uh, oh, man. Fight Thy Countenance. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Which I ordered this month, Vince. I ordered this month. Yay. As if you're reading. <laughs> Th- thanks, for, th- thanks for asking, Wood, because I was clueless there, too. Don't feel oh, like shit. you were alone. <laughs> I know. Uh, there's, there, there's another voicemail coming with a, with a horrendous impersonation i won't say who who the person is supposed to be it's <laughs> it's no it's 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 horrible and i don't want to. oh come on no it's it is it sounds bad. more like will ferrell it, than the person he's trying to impersonate it's no it's no dave wack no it is definitely it, not dave it's, it's decent <laughs> enough about that <laughs> but it was uh, uh, war, yeah. war of Kings, Road to uh, War of Kings trade paperback. I don't have a release date. I'm just looking on Amazon. Uh, it's 19.99 and collects X-Men, Kingbreaker 1 through 4, Secret mm-hmm. Invasion, War of Kings, and nice. the War of Kings saga. So it's five issues yeah. plus the, um, the um, wipe, wipe Your Butt freebie um, for 20 <gasps> no, bucks. No, not Wipe no. Your Butt. No, no, no. Essential reading freebie. The, the, come on, they're those fucking saga no, bullshit. No, 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 not this one. Oh, not see, that's one. we're going to have to part ways on this one, buddy. Uh, I think those sagas padding, are essential. They're padding trades with that bullshit. They got some. Fucking, uh, okay, they got, I agree. They got some fucking intern knocking those out, reading the comics, then knocking out these ten-page um, synopses of what's happened before and padding mm-hmm. trades with them. Oh, but I love them so. It gets you up to snuff on the, on the story. Uh, Vince, what? Wikipedia. Oh, please. Yeah, Wikipedia is, is... Oh, you're right. Wikipedia, no. But this is coming right Wikipedia, from the source, Wikipedia though. Wikipedia is better than no. the saga. Yeah. I disagree. Yeah. No. I love the saga no. books. In fact, I'm going to bind all the saga books together. You will have a encyclopedic tome of Marvel history for free. Just yeah. because of the saga books, it's the, oh, I don't know. Oh, speaking of, I, but I, I do understand where you're coming from yeah. to the point where they are padding the the trades with them, but they do have to pay some dude to do all that work. So it's not like it's free. No, they got some intern making three cents an hour doing it. <laughs> oh, um, I love. Sorry, I'll, I'll 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 bet you, I'll bet you. Um, but um, 
Yeah, Bendis is over him with a whip too. God damn it, do it. <laughs> okay, we'll Bendis move don't on. work. Um, uh, <laughs> Hello, guys. This is Christopher Walken. Yes, the Christopher Walken. I listen to your show. You got a dynamite sound. But what you need to really spice it up is Christopher Walken. I come on the show, I tell a few jokes, laugh, talk about comics. Your iTunes reviews, they go through the sky. People clamor, we want more. More walking. Think about it. Hello, this is Andy Rooney. Have you ever listened to 11 o'clock comics? What's up with the name? If it's 11 o'clock... Why doesn't it come on at 11? That's not right. And have you ever looked at the panel? David A. Price. You ever noticed how David is always so negative? That is, if he bothers to open his mouth to say anything, besides to pour more alcohol down? And then there's Mr. Neesman. Why is Mr. Neesman always using so much profanity? What if there's an impressionable child listening? That's not cool. Then there's Mr. Vince B. Vince loves all art, so he claims. But is it that he really loves art, or he's just a big man-child that likes bright colors? And then there's Jason Wood. Mr. Wood, I have numbers for you. Here's a number. Zero. Zero is the number of times I've read a Wolverine comic, and zero is also the amount of interest I have in Deadpool. So there you go. And that was a minute with Andy Rooney. Now, speaking of Wikipedia, um, Thor this week, um, Doom is in it because I don't know if you guys are caught up on Thor at all, but but Loki has got some deals going with Doom, and uh, and it was one of the funniest Doom uh, quotes I, I've I've read. And well, maybe it was uh, you know how uh, Tom used to do our, the little Doom things on AC? yes, yeah. <laughs> it, it was honest. It was it was Tom Caters does Doom in Thor. <laughs> um, he's uh, let me see if I could let me see if I could find it here. It was it was absolutely. Hilarious! Oh, they're uh, they're uh, they're having dinner, and uh, oh, <laughs> he's 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 uh, he's uh, weighing out all this food for the Asgardians, and there's something called a winkle is is in the food, and uh, and he goes, and I assure you, finding good winkles this time of year is no easy feat, especially as I even had no idea what a winkle was until I had to look it up on Wikipedia. So I, I just it it. it it tickles me that Doom uses Wikipedia in the Marvel Universe. Now, so. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, uh, yeah. Great. that so is a serious line ends. of dialogue from Thor. <laughs> Did they ever wrap up the uh, Morgan Le Fay Doom connection thing, or is that still going? I think on? that's still going on in Dark Avengers, which is a neat twist. I love it. I love the fact that Doom is a magician. That makes him even more deadly. <laughs> what would happen if Reed had to go up against a magic? Powered doom. Well, that's not because something, Reed, that's Reed not wouldn't something. know how to deal with it. I mean, that's not new. He's he's had he's had magic has been a part of that character for a long time. Yeah, since Burn, because well, Burn wanted him to uh, look for his mom. Yeah, right. But it really came to prominence. Yeah, in yeah, 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 yeah. 
which were great issues. God, oh, God, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, that's, that's been a part of the character for a long time, and that's, that's kind of, I mean, because he's not going to be as smart as Reed, so it kind of does balance things and make yeah. him, make him um, as dangerous, you know, a, a match for all four of them. Because if he was just as smart as Reed, he'd never be able to match up against all four of the FF, but mm. adding the magic, now he is. He, he's a threat for, a big enough threat for all of them, so... Well, if Susie just... She is definitely the most powerful uh-huh. member of the team. I, I think Susie would be a force to be reckoned with with Doom if she just had the... Uh, Cold-blooded knowledge. Just, to just, no, to the just, knowledge of what she can do. Just, she, could, she could give him an aneurysm in a second. Yeah, yeah it's just you know, create a little force bubble in his brain, pop. Yeah, I mean, yeah, boom, I mean you're dead. From, from, that, from that perspective, I mean, she, she could like kill anyone in the, you know, on the planet if she really wanted to. Yeah, and she's hot. <laughs> yeah, she is my friend. The one, the one uh, panel in the uh, Amazing Spider-Man 591 where he r- takes his mask off and they're all like, "Hey, Peter, what's up?" And Sue kisses him. Dude, that would be worth it for me right there. Put my family in danger. <laughs> Sue just kissed me. <laughs> Hilarious. It's so wrong. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I know it's wrong, but I just have. A, I've had a crush on Susie since I was ten years old. Mm-hmm. Chris talking oh, about squats. the uh, Nick and Dent sale. Uh, oh yeah, go ahead and check it out. Well, I, uh, would you would you would you scoop up? Scooped up the first five volumes of Concrete. Nice, okay. excellent. Super giddy about. Uh, scooped up the. You do know that there's a there's a complete Concrete book, right? Yeah, they didn't have it though, but so I can't go. Oh, so you don't you don't care? You got them for a good price, and you have them a lot of them. Uh, the sequel to Scarlet Traces. Nice, very good. Uh, and something else that I can't escapes me right now. Let me think for a second. Um, oh, I tell you, oh, one of the oh, guys oh, on our, the, uh, on our first, forum was the first Nexus trade. There, you, oh, the hardcover. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Beautiful. They had that for sixty yeah. percent. No, off? not not the new hardcover. Uh, well, maybe it's a hardcover. It's the first trade. Was it twenty bucks? Uh, sixty. Yeah, it sounds about right. I guess it was sixty percent off. Then that's that's the hardcover. Okay. Wow, you got the archive. Nice. Uh, no, no, because the archives are forty bucks. The archives are thirty nine ninety five. They're fifty. They're or fifty. 50 yeah, forty nine. Yeah. So right. So this is the yeah, this is the first trade. But I figure, what the hell, you know? And I also one of the- uh, speaking of that ordered from my comic shop. I placed an order, and this will make this will tickle this will tickle Chris's uh, wickle. Uh, I uh, I ordered every issue of Alien Legion, both series. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, nice, 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 nice. And nice. I did order. Finally, ordered the Anything Goes because I had it in my in my cart for a while. Um, so ordered all six issues of that. And uh, yeah, pretty giddy. I'm pretty excited. It's got some some good stuff coming. Nice. Well, and you've yeah. never read Alien Legion before. Never. Oh, I'm oh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you think about it. It's just you have to you have to read it with the. Uh, uh, knowing that it is a a late '80s book, mm-hmm. and you know it's gonna be a, a touch dated, it still holds up pretty good. But you know, there there's still you know it's, you have to go okay, yeah, this is this is 20 years old. Um, but uh, no, I I I I love that book. Love that book. Yeah, I think it's pretty timeless myself. I don't know. Um, you know, it's uh, the, just just some of the some of the stuff in. Um, more in in the the narration, the amount of exposition in it yeah. is a little bit heavier than what you find in comics today. It's just that kind of stuff that it, if you get used to to reading modern comics, there isn't as much exposition. There's not as much you know internal dialogue 
that kind of stuff that it's not bad writing mm-hmm. it's just it's just kind of 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 an era and you uh, know I, I i was thinking about this this week i miss exposition sometimes i agree sometimes. there there are times when you read comics now and we always talk about oh every comic could be a person's first comic well you know what that is something that's different than what it used to be i i know it was a little heavy-handed certainly uh, back in the day but but uh, the complete lack of exposition now, I think, is often a detriment because there there isn't there there is something to be said about being able to pick up a book and and having the characters and the scenario set for you. Uh, and and I can't remember what series it was I was reading, but I was reading and thinking, you know, like if I didn't have a fucking clue, if I hadn't been reading this for the last few years, I wouldn't have a goddamn clue what they were talking about. So, uh, it, you know, all things in moderation. <laughs> I had absolutely no fucking idea what you all were talking about. Babies and uh, people running around different times. It's, yeah, it's. Uh, but I, I, I digress. <laughs> X-Men here. <laughs> there, there is something to be said about show me, don't tell me. Mm-hmm. But sure, sure. some things just have to be told. I mean, especially with a story as convoluted as Messiah War, which hinges on Messiah Complex, which hinges on uh, House of M. You do need a little bit of exposition to, to kick it off. And I think the recap page isn't enough a lot of times. At like, least they have it. Yeah, I, and, and it's it's appreciated. But the good old days, like, in, like you were saying, in Alien Legion, a lot of the, the times the uh, exposition enhances the story, really. And it's not exposition where they're recapping what's going on in the panel. A lot of times it's an internal di- dialogue with the characters, which is really cool. <laughs> which is what I love about the uh, the old EC books. It, it's like every panel describes what is is happening yeah. in you know to the art in the panel directly below it. It's like John walks through the door and looks around the the room with an amazed expression. It's like stupid yeah, John. Yes, he <laughs> does. I can see that. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh. Good times, though. You got your you got your your twenty five cents. No, back then, what fifteen cents? Oh, yeah. You got your fifteen cents worth with those books, though. Yeah, I'm trying. To, who was the artist that you see that uh, that used to cut the boards apart and rearrange the uh, the word balloons? Because that was um, oh no, um, you probably know this fence. And it, um, I don't know because um, you know that um, what Gaines used to um, um, they used to lay the pages out and put the um, uh, put the word balloons and the uh, the exposition boxes. They would they would lay those out and then give the pages to the artist to um, kind of fill them in and, and draw the art mm-hmm. around that stuff. And there was an artist and I can't remember who it is. I'll have to ask Hillary because he he knows all things EC. But there was there was an artist that would take the pages and actually cut them apart and do pay, do paste up. Because he wanted to design it better than than they had, so it sounds like Kurtzman to me. May, that sounds like something Harvey would do. May have been, but it just it's amazing to think where we've where we've come. Um, in that there was a time when the writers would lay the page out and say, "Here's where all the word balloons go," and you have to draw your um, your images around all of this stuff. I mean, it's it's a very mm-hmm. it's a very different process now. All right, boys, that's it. That's all we got. That's all we got, huh? We're done. Keeping it nice and lean this week after the bloated exercise that was last week. (laughs) All right, so in your travels, what are we going to read this week? Read Mysterious the Unfathomable. Nice. And if you're you're looking through some back issue bins and and there's some cheap books, quarter boxes, keep an eye out for Lady Rawhide. 
Esteban Maroto. Oh, good God. I got a, a copy of, uh, I think it's issue two or number three for a quarter today. Best quarter I've ever spent. Esteban is fantastic. <laughs> okay. Uh, and that came out of Image. Uh, um, it's supposed to come out today. I didn't. I don't think it did, but if you're not reading Garth Ennis's Battlefields um, and you like war stories, shame on you because it's awesome. Shame and, on you. And, and the Tankies, I think is what it's called. The new uh, the new miniseries um, started. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the the next issue of Battlefields is a new miniseries. So uh, Battlefields has been uh, has been fantastic. Read nice. Battlefield. Uh, read X Factor. Yeah. No. Read Cable. Yeah. Well, you're doing it anyway because you're reading Messiah yeah. War. But uh, just kidding. X X Factor. Oh, you said X Factor. Yeah, read X Factor. It's been, right. It's uh, what what I've Peter David I've, I've heard it's good again. Oh, it yeah. is. Well, it is. What, never what, stop being what good. Peter David's uh, what he's been messing with in various one shots and uh, and and it, you know there was a, a throwaway line uh, a couple of years ago when the series started. When uh, Layla Miller was talking to Jamie Madrox and said that uh, they're going to get married one of these days, or eventually they're going right. to get married, and 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 you're all looking at it like, well, this uh, this is like thirteen, fourteen year old chick talking to this thirty something guy, and it's like, yeah, that's just kind of weird. But after the last two issues, it doesn't uh, doesn't seem as weird anymore. Awesome, <laughs> nice. He's got a plan, that Peter David. He does. He plan. The man is good. Read, Wood. Read Dylan Dog. And you can do that by getting the ultra cheap and all ultra awesome archives, which uh, just just oh, came out last it. week. Yeah, baby. Did you take a look through it? I did. I, I read the first uh, the first issue. It's it's a blast. That's sweet. Uh, yeah. N- nude, nude, hot Italian women. Groucho Marx is a sidekick. Uh, <laughs> horror, zombies. I don't know that you could ask you. Maybe maybe one of the more perfect comics that that I had never. Uh, I didn't. I, I feel like I've unearthed a uh, hidden treasure. Very Eduardo Rizzo esque. Don't you think? Speaking of that, I have the first uh, first trade of a hundred bullets. I'm going to reread it tomorrow on the way to work. Nice. Oh, I need to. Uh, all right, we're out of here. Through all those. All right. Yeah. Cool. Have a good week, everybody. So, bye. <laughs> Later.